Hey, how are you doing today? It's uh, Tony Malik, certified professional business coach and author of Leaky Bucket of Profits. I'm really glad that you're able to join me today. Uh, today we're going to be, this is episode three, and we're going to be covering chapter three of my book, Leaky Bucket of Profits. And the chapter is called Empower Your Company with a Powerful Strategic Plan. I can see clearly now. Quite often when I meet with business owners, I ask them, do you have, you know, do you have a strategic plan? What's your five-year vision? And quite often, the answer I get is, Tony, I'm just trying to meet payroll next week. That, that's quite unfortunate because a lot of times these business owners are working hard. They're on what I call the mouse wheel. They're just trying to survive and you know, get through the next week without any real sense of purpose in mind. And they're just kind of going where the world takes them. You know, there's no doubt. No, it's not a surprise that a lot of business owners are frustrated with their business. And sometimes we're wondering, you know, why are they doing this in the first place? So that strategic plan gets us back to the purpose of our business and, and, and makes things more purposeful as we approach the business and the actions we're trying to take. You know, just imagine if everyone in your business knew exactly what you were trying to achieve and showed up every single day, understanding what they needed to do to help your vision come true. And a strategic plan does that because it gives everyone a roadmap and how you're going to get to that vision. You know, every business goes through periods of feeling stuck. And why? Well, it's because, again, they don't have, people aren't really sure why they're showing up every day just except to do their job. So think of a strategic plan. You know, it's a long-term plan. It's typically about five years. It could be 10 years. You know, three to five is, is, is quite normal. And it's like flying a plane at 30,000 feet. So let's, let's imagine we're on that plane, we're 30,000 feet. We know our destination. We know we need to get a certain destination. We've got a general chart, you know, laid out on the direction we're gonna to go to get there. But as we're going down, as, but a strategic plan is like looking down from 30,000 feet where you can see there's towns down there and cities, but you can't see the real details yet. But, you, but at least you know where you're going. You know, as you get lower, say to 10,000 feet, now you can start to see more detail of the towns and cities. Uh, you can start to see vehicles moving around. You get a better sense of detail. And, and time seems to be in shorter intervals. And that's usually a business plan. So a strategic plan is a general th a three to five year plan on, on where you want to be in the long term. A business plan tends to be more action oriented about what you're going to do this year to build into your strategic plan. And that's usually the 10,000 foot uh, uh, level. So building or developing a strategic plan, just six steps to it. And by the way, you don't have to do this yourself. Uh, if you have a management team, they should definitely be involved. If you have some key people you really trust and count on, they should be there as well. And I don't suggest doing this during in the office when the phones are ringing. Most companies will do a strategic plan. They'll do what's called a retreat, usually a day, maybe two, depends on the size of your business and how complex things are. But typically in a day, you, you can get this work, the six steps work through uh, by going off site. So take your people off site. When you're away from the, from the regular office, you not only are not being interrupted by the phones and you know the constant interruptions that we all go through, you're also, a new venue opens your mind up. It gets people more creative. And it's really important that people are feeling creative and looking forward and being able to imagine things when they develop their strategic plan. The six steps. The first step is to establish vision, mission, and values. Now, I've covered that in chapter one, 
and chapter two that's been already been covered. So I'm, I'm only going to just do a quick reminder of that here. If you haven't seen the, the episodes one and two, uh, I would suggest uh, uh, downloading those and and listen to those and, and, and you'll get the more in-depth information about how to develop your vision, mission and values. But I'll, I'll do a quick, just a quick review now. Remembering your vision is that long-term it's that long-term outcome you want. It's typically a 10-year, 5 to 10-year. And it's how, it's it's an inspirational statement about how you want your organization to impact the community, the, community, the world, or your industry in, in the long run. And it tends to be very inspirational. That gets really people rallying together to do it. The mission is a statement, or it could be a series of statements of... General, general actions that the company is going to take to, to reach its vision. And that all gets kind of encapsulated with your company's values. And those company's values, core values, are those statements that are, are unwavering and come you know, dear to your heart that, that gives everybody in the company some direction on how they're expected to behave in the company, how, what kind of decisions they need to be making, uh, and what you will tolerate and will not tolerate in your company. So, so that's step one. So if you've already downloaded steps uh, uh, one and two, or sorry, uh, episodes one and two, and you've worked on it, you've already got step one done for building a strategic plan. Step two is something called a SWOT analysis, and that's an acronym. We're not, we're not killing flies here. We're, we're, it's, a, it's an acronym. So the S stands for strengths, the W stands for weaknesses. The O stands for opportunities. And the T stands for threats. So as you're going through this with your team, it's really important to, to, to list each one of these items and put them on a flip chart. And as you complete each flip chart, put it up on, on, on a wall so everyone can kind of see the work they're doing. Because when we can see that big picture, new ideas come about. First thing is to, is to list all your strengths. And I know this comes easy because we have all kinds of strengths we want to list. Sometimes the strengths aren't obvious. I've had clients that have, you know, I said, what are the strengths of their companies? And they go, I don't know. We just try to do a good job. But it's not until they realize what they're doing. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work to realize they're doing a lot of things better than their competition. And and, and that's, that's where the interaction with everyone comes through. By the way, when it comes to facilitating a, a a strategic plan retreat. I don't suggest doing it all in house. It's it's. I think it's it's much more effective when somebody from outside the company, that doesn't have a vested interest in the outcome, that comes in completely unbiased, can facilitate the meeting, and pull out those great ideas from everybody, but also create that environment where people feel safe to do it. Because it's really important that people can throw the craziest ideas out on the table without feeling they're being judged. And that's really important that that, that is being, uh, you know, that's a rule of engagement for, for, uh, for the strategic plan. So think about uh, a, a football team. So we're talking about strengths. Let's use a football team as, as, as an example here for strengths and weaknesses. Football teams that are, are quite successful, winning a lot of games, quite often it'll be said they have an identity. You know, they're known for a swarming defense or, or an effective passing offense. And then based on those strengths, they're able to come up with a plan you know, to, that leverages those strengths 
and give themselves a higher probability of success. Teams without a strategic plan or understanding what their strengths are, uh, you know, tend to be rudderless. Uh, what you end up having is, a, is you know, coaches, management, players on different, on different pages, and there's a lot of disarray. So it's really important to identify these strengths. And some examples of strengths could be perhaps you have a you know, delivery system that, that your, your, your competition just can't, can't keep up with. Your, you might, your company might possess a lot of technical knowledge that's superior than a lot of the industry. You might have be, be efficient and, and, and can offer your product or service at a very low cost and still make money. You might have sales and marketing power. You have a great ability to attract customers that other competitors cannot do. Or you might have a, a manufacturing process that, it, that you've developed that allows you, again, to serve quicker, faster, cheaper, or, or even get things to market quicker and still charge a premium price and make a really good margin. So these are kind of things to think about, about maybe where some of your strengths are. Those are just some examples. You might come up with, with a lot more. But I can tell you that every company has at least one key strength that is really their ace in the hole. And the question is, what's yours? And, and keep digging in your strategic planning retreat until you come up with at least that one thing. But I wouldn't be surprised if you come up with three to five, but come up with at least one. And, and that, that'll be something that you could probably really build your, your company on. The next thing is our weaknesses. You know, coming up with weaknesses is tough. None of us want to admit our weaknesses. So this takes a lot more soul, soul searching to put things out on the table. But again, a good facilitator will help pull that out because there's no use of hiding behind it pretending things are great when they're not great when we can deal with re with reality we we can we can make adjustments to those weaknesses and actually sometimes turn them into strengths or at least put ourselves in a position to be a lot more successful good example to go back to the football team you know if a football football team is able to recognize or if it doesn't recognize for instance that it does that it's got a weak running game you know, it may come up with all kinds of plays and strategies to run a lot of running plays. But what's going to happen? they got a weak running game, running game, so it's probably not going to go very well. So by recognizing the weaknesses, the team can take corrective action. Some examples might be, is, well, maybe we need a better running back. Or the running back is good, but, you know, we, we need better blocking schemes. The blocking schemes just aren't working, or else we just need to change up our uh, offensive line. So these are... When we recognize those weakness, weaknesses, you can see how we take actions that actually can help correct it. I worked with a company that one of the strengths it identified uh, was its ability to provide personalized service in an industry that uh, wasn't doing a great job of it. But there, this meant a lot of hands-on attention from staff and they were getting bogged down with a lot of high volume transactions that were high volume of transactions that were low volume dollars. And they could have overcome this with uh, making large investments in a new CRM that would make things a lot more efficient, allow them to get things done quicker uh, and get, sort of, I get more throughput going on. But a decision they made is that instead of investing all, a lot of money in a new CRM, that they would change their focus and focus on customers that had larger size transactions so, so that there was a, a, you know, more output of sales for the amount of time the the staff was putting into that client or their, their clients. And what ended up happening over a five-year period is sales literally doubled with profits going up four times. So that was, you know, a strength and a weakness 
that that this company recognized and they made a change and it had a profound effect on on the outcome and and the success of the company so again be honest with yourself when it comes to weaknesses and deal with reality because when you deal with re with reality you can make real change the next step in the SWOT is opportunities and this can be a lot of fun because this is where a lot of imagination you know a lot of date and a lot of dreaming uh, can happen and uh, there's usually no shortage of ideas that come out from opportunities again no idea is a dumb idea they're all good ideas and when you're going through this process put them nobody's idea gets left off a flip chart they all go on a flip chart because what's going to happen later is and we're going to talk about this later is there's a process to shortlist all these ideas into the ones that you that you you know feel that you should act on as an organization to make your vision come true you know think about uh, amazon when they started out they started out selling books it literally started in in the in the founder's bedroom and you know he was shipping books uh, one at a time with his little website but as things went on what they realized what what a strength was is they were good at selling books and their strength necessarily what wasn't necessarily a huge selection of books their biggest strength they found was they developed a way to ship those books efficiently effectively cost effectively to their customers and, and created a whole new convenience because what they found is a lot of customers did not like going down to bookstores and spending all kinds of time looking for a book that may or may not be there so this way they can look online order it and it would be there in, in a fairly short amount of time but what they realized by that is if they can sell books it didn't matter what was in the box they can they can put any product in the box so they started selling all kinds of as we know now as amazon you could buy almost anything under the sun from amazon uh, because they got good at uh, at the logistics and shipping those boxes getting those boxes to customers in a timely and cost-effective manner and that's really what they built a business on uh, you know in 2017 they were already added 178 billion dollars in sales so based on your strength you know think about you know are there new markets to focus on outshine your 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 competitors on can you make changes in your sales and marketing can can are there changes you can make to get to sell quicker to get your products to market quicker it, it really depends on the need your customer so it's really important to understand okay, what are the needs of your customer of your marketplace and what can you do better than your competition you know remember my example of the company that had that clunky uh, crm you know they could have invested huge dollars in the crm but instead of accepting that the weakness they worked around it to get larger orders so that was an action they took they sell that as an opportunity so how about your company you know can, can what what weaknesses can you eliminate with minimal investment uh, in time and money a way to choose we're going to get into about taking action in, in in later in this podcast but you know are there actions that can be taken that have a minimal amount of investment of time and money but could get you a big outcome and just kind of think about as you're trying to prioritize these the fourth thing in the SWAT is the T part is threats and the reason why threats are important there's two kinds of threats there are internal threats and external threats and these these are these are obstacles that could prevent you or at least challenge your organization from meeting its goals from you know reaching your vision and executing your strategic plan so some internal threats could be things such as uh, 
you know, labor unrest? Is there p- potential for, for uh, strikes? Uh, or for, or is it, are you having trouble finding the qualified people to help you grow? It could be the health of a key person. If you had that one key person with all the intellectual property in their head, if something happened to them, would that be detrimental to your business? You know, that's a threat we need to, to, we need to understand. Do you have aging IT or are you vulnerable to cyber threats? Is your equipment old and aging and will it need replacing so these are these are threats that could put that could affect you because they also could be holding you they could they could be holding your company back and as we get to coming up with an action plan you may need to come up with a plan to, to minimize or at least to be prepared for for these threats external threats are things that are, are, are beyond your control that are happening outside your company and some example of these could be you know government policies you know such as putting tariffs on goods uh, on, on, on your product that could increase the cost of your product to your customers, industry regulations, economic conditions, you know, currency exchange rates. You, you might, you might uh, be making a good profit at, at, with a current exchange rate if, if you're doing some business, if you're either importing product or exporting product. But what if that exchange rate changes for the worst for your business? So these are things you have to have a contingency plans for and how you're going to deal with it. Plus, you also have disasters, you know, natural disasters that, that could affect. It could be floods or storms or tornadoes that could literally, you know, shut your business down. So how would you deal with that? And of course, then you've got those competitive forces. There are people or, or businesses out there that are trying to take your customers away. And especially if you have customers that maybe have some really good strengths, I'm sorry, not customers, but competitors that have some really good strengths, they could be taking some business away from you. And, and so what are you going to do about that? List all the threats you could think of and have a contingency plan for each. Just a contingency plan for things that may may happen but have not, but also what's your plan to deal with the things that are going on right now? Because if you can remove some of the threats or minimize them, you may find your strategic plan being moved forward a lot quicker than you thought. All right, so now we're on to step three, develop your focus. So now you've got your vision, mission, and values figured out. You've gone through your SWOT analysis and you've got a whole list of opportunities that you could pursue that either leverage your, leverages your strengths or is going to prop up or, you know, or, or take care of some of those weaknesses that, that may be holding you back. And it's probably a very long list and you're, it's overwhelming. Where do we start? How do we make the decisions on how to do it? So here's a, pr- a very simple process you can do to help you get some clarity on the things you need to work on. And what you want to be able to do is get those down to, you know, the idea, three to five key things to work on. Uh, if, you, if if the list gets beyond that, you may have too many things happening and people may get overwhelmed. So you want those three to five items that, that you can focus on that will help drive you forward. But which three to five are they? Well, here's 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 a process in the book. And if, by the way, if you don't have a, a copy of the book, uh, Leaky Bucket of Profits, uh, there are some diagrams in here that I do refer to that if you're able to see them, it, it may help you out a lot. So if you, don't, if you don't have a book, you can get it from almost any online platform, or you, you can also download the ebook for about the same price of a, a pint of beer or a glass of good wine. So uh, I, I encourage you to do that so that you can get you know full value what we're talking about here. So in the book, we have figure 3.1 on page 37. I'll describe it to you in case you don't have the book, but there, there's, there's four quadrants in, the, in, this, in this diagram. On the top left, there's high impact, low investment, 
Okay, that's high impact, low investment. On the right top quadrant, it's high impact, high investment. On the low left quadrant, it's low impact, low investment. And on the low on the lower right hand quadrant, it's low impact, high investment. So what does this all mean? High impact, low investment. That means that particular action has the potential to, to really have a measurable and significant positive outcome for you. The, but the amount of investment in time and money to make that happen is relatively low or neg negligible. High impact, high investment means high impact. You, you, you can achieve uh, significant results, but it may take a lot of time and effort to get you there. Then you also have low impact, low investment. Well, it's not going to cost you a lot of time and money to do that action, but you're not going to get a ton out, out of it either. And then, of course, we have low impact, high investment, meaning you're going to have to put a lot of time and money into it, but it's not going to have a huge effect on, on the outcome of your business. So if you had a choice, where do you want to spend your time? Hopefully you chose the first one, high impact, low investment. If you can find some of that low-hanging fruit where for you know a relatively low amount of time and money spent on it, you, you can have a significant impact. Those are, those are great actions to start focusing on because if you can focus on those actions that get you quick wins, significant wins, it'll energize your team, it'll energize your company, and, and it'll give every, everyone will just want to keep doing more. And you will see the results. So not, it'll be not only win, but you will see the results a lot quicker too. So that, that a little bit of an idea there and how to take all these ideas and figure out which one to go. So you might want to even put these all in, in, draw a quadrant, put all your ideas in the quadrants based on what you think, whether they be high impact, low impact, and see what does land in that high impact, low investment quadrant and focus on those. Step number four is create an action plan. So now you've figured out what your focus is going to be. The next step is to say, okay, we don't want this to end up in a binder sitting on a on a shelf somewhere. We we want we want to spend some time of our day every day working to make this all come true. Based on the items you want to focus on, the next thing is to turn them into actions. So what we want to do is the best way to do it is to create goals so that you create action plans from your goals. You might have heard of a SMART goal. A SMART goal is an acronym, meaning S for specific, M for measurable, A aligned with your core values, R for realistic, and T for time sensitive. And a, a goal that is actionable and will get you results needs to meet the SMART test. So if you ever write out a goal and, and, and you go through those four or five letters, if the goal you wrote doesn't pass one of those tests, for instance, if it doesn't have a timeline attached to it, it's not a smart goal. And your chances, uh, the chances of that goal becoming reality and you're reaching it are much lower. So one of the things that's a little bit different is the A in smart can change depends on who you're talking to. I, I you know, I, I, I've said aligned with uh, uh, core values. I've heard people say achievable, uh, actionable. Uh, but it's important that I've chosen aligned with core values because as far as being actionable, well, realistic is kind of the same thing. You know, if, if it can be, if it's realistic, it can be acted on. And it's important that it be aligned with your core values because remember, 
we establish those core values and they're going to be the you know they're going to be the casing that keeps us all together and keeps us on track and here's a good example about uh, when you have a smart goal without good core values it can actually take energy away from your from your company there's an, a story i heard about uh, an executive whose dream was to be vice president of marketing for a company and, and spent many years doing what it took to get there and finally got offered a position as a vice president of marketing with a tobacco company and what happened over a couple years is this person ended up with uh, developing uh, some emotional issues and had to had to take a leave of absence and here's the reason why this person's both of this person's parents died of lung cancer caused by smoking and so that always ate away at this person even though he was doing the type of job that he always wanted to do it was going against his core values so and and, and our gut tells us when we're going against our core values believe me right we all get that feeling uh, uh, that pit in our stomach and it's trying to tell us this isn't right this isn't right and we need to listen to that and and we'll be much happier when we pursue goals that are also in line with our with our core values so let's go through through the test we have specifics so a goal needs to be specific so when you write it down you got to be very specific on what you want the outcome to look like and for instance if you were buying a, a car was was a goal of yours is what's the make what's the model what options would it have what what color would it be the more specific the better because the more you can visualize what the end result is going to look like the higher the chance that it's actually to come true it also needs to be measurable so there needs to be something quantitative that that allows you to say to know when you've reached your goal so it needs to be quantitative there needs to be a number attached to it i've already talked about align with your core values it needs to be realistic so a, re a goal has to be realistic because if we have this huge goal and everyone looks at each other and says we're never going to make it guess what they're not even going to try nobody wants to set themselves up to fail so within the context of your current situation you know if you want to quadruple sales in the next year is that realistic for your company it, it, it may not be so maybe you need to lower those expectations but maybe you have some stuff going on in your company that goes no we can quadruple because because we've just taken on we're going to take on this big huge customer that's going to quadruple the size of our sales so sometimes it's possible but it's about perception and and what's real for where your business is at now and sometimes being realistic is a matter of perception too so it might also just be a matter of time quadrupling sales may not be realistic for a business in the next year but maybe if they put a timeline on that for three four five years it actually might be realistic so keep that in mind the timeline itself can determine whether a goal is realistic or not of course i mentioned time the last part of of it is is the timeline there needs to be a deadline so whatever the goal is when are you gonna when do you need this to be achieved by is it by tomorrow next week next month three years so there always needs to be a deadline so that it creates that sense of urgency that people are going to drive towards it so let's use an example let's practice something here uh, a lot of people out there would, would like to lose weight and let's say the goal is to lose 20 pounds there's three ways that the goal might be written some people may say i want to lose weight another way to write that goal is i want to lose 20 pounds another way is i want to lose 20 pounds in 60 within 60 days of today 
So which do you think passes the SMART test? The first one says, I just want to lose weight. There's no timeline. The second one says, okay, and there's no quant nothing quantitative in it. The second one says, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. Great, there's something quantitative in it, but there's no timeline. So saying I want to lose it weight, a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time creates, now we have a SMART goal. Once we have our goals, again, these are just statements. So now we have to break down our goals into action plans. So what we need to do now is to say, okay, to reach that goal, what are the steps we need to take? Because it may not be one big step we have to take. There may be a, a series of two, three, four, five steps to get there. And what are those steps? And what's really important is what's that first small step that people can be taken that gets the ball rolling? To use the example of, of the weight loss, the, the first step might be something like by the end of Friday, I'm going to have a list of at least three weight loss programs that I could participate in. That could be the first goal. The second step would be by two weeks, I'm going to participate and attend the first meeting or the first class or whatever that program is. And then the third step would, would be participate and to, to, uh, to create some milestones on, on not just you want to lose a certain amount of weight, say in 60 days, but how much weight do you want to lose on that weekly basis so that you can create little mini goals to build up to the big goals. So sometimes having that one big goal can be kind of scary, but if we can break it down into those little mini goals, so each step has its own little mini goal, it's not as overwhelming and we can really keep ourselves encouraged and moving on. To make sure all these goals turn into action and, and something actually gets done, it's very important that the action items in these goals are assigned to somebody, they're delegated uh, with accountability. So it's really important that you these go to the right people and they get get the items done in that timeline that, you, that you've assigned. That's what's going to make it all happen. Step five is communicate the plans of the stakeholders. So it's great that you, you might you might have your management team together and you all know what the strategic plan is, but there's other people that need to know about it. For instance, your employees need to understand you know, what your vision, mission, values are. They need to understand, you know, what are those directions that your company is going to take? Because when you're able to do that, you will rally the team around and, and they will want to be part of the process. So we need to communicate that. And it doesn't sit on your shelf. First of all, you need to share the high level stuff, you know, general direction, getting the buy-in. You know, for instance, we are going to lead the industry in quality or we're going to have our product in every household, you know, whatever those visions are. There are certain things that they may not need to know because some of the actions that may come out of it is, you know, we need to lower our overhead by 20%. The staff may not want to know that or need to, you may not want the staff to know that because they may think, oh, that might mean that some of us are losing our jobs here and while well, we're not so excited about this plan anymore. So you, you need to communicate the high level stuff, give them the directional, the general direction, the inspirational stuff and get their buy-in. And then, of course, management will have things that they need to do, which you know is kept within management itself. With all that going, then step six is to monitor and adjust. So it's really important to have a plan put together on how often is the team going to get together to be sure things are moving forward. I suggest that the team should be getting together once a month for at least the first three months to be sure that there's some traction and things are moving forward. And then depends on the items 
and the wins that are achieved, you can probably have a meeting about once a quarter, but it should be a, a specified meeting just to work on the strategic plan. And, and, and those meetings aren't involved in the little nitty gritty stuff that's going on in the daily business. Those, those are separate meetings. This is strictly on the agenda items. They don't even have to be long meetings, maybe an hour long. And just to be sure everyone's on track, everyone's getting their stuff done. And if there are any challenges getting it done, that it could be addressed and, and people get the support they need. And it's really important to you know rely on your team as the business owner. You don't have to do all this here stuff. I'll, I'll, you don't have to do this all, all by yourself. Assign it out to your team and get them to work it into their daily routines. And they're not going to be able to spend every day, all day on, on working on a strategic plan. But I could tell you, if they could spend at least 20% of their time working on your strategic plan, you're going to see amazing results uh, very quickly. So now you have the secret to developing a strategic plan. My suggestion is uh, plan it now. Pick a date, get your agenda put together, find that outside, outside help to help you facilitate it and get your team together. Or if you don't have those that team or key person, well, do that retreat, Help get somebody to help you that's a, that's an unbiased person that can get you out of the office for, for half a day or a day and start working on this stuff. The clarity you're going to get from it is going to be uh, strictly amazing. If you have any comments on this podcast or any of the other uh, episodes, uh, feel free to comment uh, in the comment section below in, in the player uh, or send me an email at tony at empoweredbusiness.ca. I'm always welcoming your input or your comments or your questions and uh, I'm, I'm here to help. So we'll see you at the next podcast, which is going to be on chapter four, and it's going to be Know Your Communication DNA. You don't want to miss that one. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Thank you.